It implies an unusual excess of the individual over the social feelings in the person to whom it is applied, and consequently something depraved and vicious. My object is to exclude such inference, and to restrict the inquiry exclusively to facts in their bearings on the subject under consideration, viewed as mere phenomena appertaining to our nature, constituted as it is and which are as unquestionable as is that of gravitation or any other phenomenon of the material world. In asserting that our individual are stronger than our social feelings, it is not intended to deny that there are instances growing out of peculiar relations, as that of a mother and her infant, or resulting from the force of education and habit over peculiar constitutions in which the latter have overpowered the former. But these instances are few, and always regarded as something extraordinary. The deep impression they make whenever they occur is the strongest proof that they are regarded as exceptions to some general and well-understood law of our nature. Just as some of the minor powers of the material world are apparently to gravitation. I might go farther and assert this to be a phenomenon not of our nature only, but of all animated existence throughout its entire range, so far as our knowledge extends. It would indeed seem to be essentially connected with the great law of self preservation which pervades all that feels from man down to the lowest and most insignificant reptile or insect, in none is it stronger than in man. His social feelings may indeed, in a state of safety and abundance, combined with high intellectual and moral culture, acquire great expansion and force, but not so great as to overpower this all-pervading and essential law of animated existence. But that constitution of our nature which makes us feel more intensely what affects us directly than what affects us indirectly through others necessarily leads to conflict between individuals. Each, in consequence, has a greater regard for his own safety or happiness than for the safety or happiness of others, and where these come in opposition is ready to sacrifice the interests of others to his own and hence the tendency to a universal state of conflict between individual and individual, accompanied by the connected passions of suspicion, jealousy, anger, and revenge, followed by insolence, fraud, and cruelty, and, if not prevented by some controlling power, ending in a state of universal discord and confusion, destructive of the social state and the ends for which it is ordained. This controlling power, wherever vested, and by whomsoever exercised, is government. It follows, then, that man is so constituted that government is necessary to the existence of society, and society to his existence, and the perfection of his faculties. It follows also that government has its origin in this twofold constitution of his nature, the sympathetic or social feelings constituting the remote 
and the individual or direct the proximate cause. If man had been differently constituted in either particular, if instead of being social in his nature he had been created without sympathy for his kind and independent of others for his safety and existence, or if, on the other hand, he had been so created as to feel more intensely what affected others than what affected himself, if that were possible, or even had this supposed interest been equal, it is manifest that in either case there would have been no necessity for government, and that none would ever have existed. But although society and government are thus intimately connected with and dependent on each other, of the two, society is the greater. It is the first in the order of things and in the dignity of its object.